more depth with me, Theo Lloyd-Hughes. Chopping it up today with a very special guest, my first English guest, which is kind of funny, 17 episodes into the podcast. Amy Andrews, forward for Durham Football Club in the Barclays Women's Championship, is my guest today. Really, really great conversation, honest, fun, fiery, open chat with Amy talking about her journey to being a professional footballer. She's in her first professional season in the Barclays Women's Championship, killing it, banking goals, great celebrations, big moments, big game player, lots of fire in the belly, talked a lot about kind of the lessons she's learned along the way and the things that have sculpted her into the player she is and how ambitious she is. And uh, yeah, I think you're going to get a lot out of this chat. Um, a real player to watch. Happy Black History Month to those in the United States and around the world. Um, make sure you are learning about all your black soccer history, football history, wherever you are. Um, and yeah, let me know some of your favorite stories, favorite creators out there. And drink lots of water, cuddle your friends. Thanks so much for listening. Get in touch if you want. And uh, see you soon. Andrews, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing, first and foremost? I'm good. I I'm, uh, really appreciate you uh, asking me to come on. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm tired. We talked about it. It's early, yeah. but uh, I'm feeling really good. My son, my one-year-old son is sleeping. And Amy, there is nothing better in the world than a sleeping <laughs> baby. I bet. I bet. I can't imagine. All right, let's crack on with some fun ones. Get to know you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Amy Andrews. <laughs> how do you take your tea how do I take my tea oh god okay if you take tea I suppose no a... I love tea okay obviously, okay obviously I love coffee as well but my tea is don't judge me two Uh-oh. sugars two sugars standard tea bag you want milk right but you don't want it too milky and Mm-mm. then you don't you splash. don't want to yeah you a splash basically you want it to be a good color so yeah, but I do it the normal way. You put your you put your sugar in your tea bag in first, then the hot water, then you let it sit in there for a bit, then you put your milk in, right? People be doing it different ways. Milk first. No. Don't agree. Best uh best tea maker on on, on Durham, Durham FC. You know what? I have a feeling it's Beth Apple, I'm not gonna lie. Oh she's been around. You can trust Beth Apple. You can. I've been around her house once. We watched uh, Island playing the Euros. Yeah, she made a banging cup of tea, you know. I, no one else has made me a cup of tea, so I'm going to have to say Beth. Got to say Beth. Beth, if you're out there, congratulations. Okay. Would you have been able to figure out that Harry was a traitor if you were in the castle? Okay. I, can I just say, it's a lot easier to say that when you're watching because you're On like, the telly, oh, these yeah. people are stupid. But I already they've already watched season one before going into season two, so they know yeah. the different types of people. Like it could be anyone. And the way he plays it is coming up with these tactics, like it could be Paul Blaboy. All these things, in my opinion, are a red flag and creating Ooh. best friends in there. 
creating best friends in there because you want people on your side that won't vote for you. Or won't so you think if you them. if you see someone is too close, that's a red flag. I yeah, definitely in that game. Yeah, I think people that are making besties with everyone because they know that they're not going to turn on them at the table. Harry was so good at acting like there wasn't that much going on under the surface, and he was obviously a very intelligent man. But he kind of had a way of playing the fool or playing innocent, which I thought was very impressive. Well, it makes me a bit scared for his girlfriend, the way he's so good at these plans and lying. I think yeah. that when I watch this show, yeah. I think, I hope you're in a relationship because if that was my partner in there, I'd be like, I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> anyway, great telly. Um, you're, you're a Traitors fan? Oh, big Traitors fan. Hope. Yeah, absolutely love it. Yeah. Hopes, love it. Love Diane. Oh, my favourite. <laughs> favorite album or artist uh, that you listen to in 2023 sorry i'm gonna make it more recent more recent the artist for me has always been drake because he told different songs right but i would say my favorite album god did that come out in 2024 2023 it was Nicki minaj's album that just came out i'm gonna say that one because i absolutely love it i love her songs in that album i think it's amazing good vibes but Drake has always been my favourite. Why is Drake always your favourite? I mean, that's, you know, he's very popular. Yeah. Not, you're not alone, you know. No, I'm, I'm not what, jumping on the bandwagon. But yeah. from <laughs> what is what is it about Drake? Well, he's got nice chill songs that mm. will always be around that everyone loves. And then he's got absolute bangers. Like, it. I love how different it is. It's not all just the same, like, club kind of music. Because he did release a recent album that was quite like club music vibes and then he's had in the past chill ones like i don't know i love these different songs that he writes there's sort of a drake for every every day every day of your life you can find a drake song exactly oh god that's beautiful all right look let's get to the football um thank you for sharing <laughs> yeah back to football amy andrews striker center forward oh winger Striker, sent forward, can be a winger. All, of the, all of the above, all of the above. Yeah. Let's let's kind of get back to the beginning before we we bring people into the now. You you're from the West Midlands. Yeah, West Midlands. Um, well, God, when I was younger though, you could. So I played at the boys, my local team, Leafield okay. Athletic. Very Shout local out. boys team. Shout out Leafield. Um, and I absolutely loved it, and I thrived. Like I loved it. And then they say, my dad's like, you have to stop playing from now. Because you reach a certain age and you can't play from anymore, which is fair enough, but depressing. And we didn't know of any girl teams mm. or anything. But it was just normal to play on a boys team. And then the girl version started happening of Leafield, so the women's team. So joined that. Played there since I was 17. I was there all my life. But I had a break in between because I had Birmingham come for me. Big club. Yeah, big club club um played a season with them but I was very young I was about 10 I think and I'm not a fan of academies because I feel like it's very you're a robot and they have favorites and they don't it's hard to tell talent at such a young age in my opinion like you'll see bits but anyone can change over a period of time like your prime is like mid-20s anything could change like so the way they treated me, I wasn't a big fan of. And then the same thing happened. I went to Coventry, which was also a big club then. United. So, yeah, yeah, Coventry yeah. United. Um, played a season with them, had the same treatment. So I was 
So at that point, just scarred from academy. So I went back to Leafield, finished that till I was 18. And I had clubs come in for me. I had Solly or Morse, um, Burton, Albion came in for me and they really wanted me. But my gut was just like, no, stay at Leafield, something's not right. Like something's not right. Stayed at Leafield. And then a few weeks after I got scouted to go to America, I was really good at football, like in that league and everything and on my team. Always scoring tons of goals, like I was thriving. But I didn't have that pathway where it's like, wait, I could actually make pro. I didn't even think about it. I was just I just wanted to play with my best friends and enjoy it. So when that happened, I was like, okay, I should I should actually go for this. So it was this program called This Girl Kicks, and they you it's like a camp, a football camp, you like play with them and they make a highlight video for you to send off to colleges in America. And they sent you on a trip to New York for a week. And that's when you'd play against American colleges. And Western Illinois, the team that I played for in America, the college, actually travelled, the coaches travelled all that way, I think 15-hour drive, I can't actually remember, to watch me in one of the games. And they came up to me and were like, yeah, we want you. Like, straight away, we want to sign you. So it, was just, it all happened quite quickly, out of nowhere. And I thought, this is my sign, then I need to go for it. So, yeah, joined Western, played for five years because you got the COVID year that we got given which was great well not great but great so we can actually do that year again um I smashed it I loved it best five years ever um and then my last year for the summer part I got asked to I just thought you know what I want to make more of an name for myself because I'm at a small college here like I'm not at UNC like no one's looking at Western but I'm doing really well so I deserve better so I joined the new USLW league in the summer and Tormentor were interested in me. They just they just risked it with me because I'm not a big name or anything. They just risked it. And uh, yeah, joined and I killed it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. They're unreal coaching, unreal players. And yeah, it kind of took off from there, really. I think Tormentor is what shaped my career and helped me get to where I am right now. 16 goals in... 10 games. 10 games, a goal over 53 minutes. Yeah. Win the league title. Mm -hmm. Someone told me, or I read somewhere, and you can fact check this, that you actually almost didn't play for Tormenta. It was, yeah, I wasn't it, was a, it was an email mix up. Tell me about that. Yes. Yeah. Actually, I forgot about that. It's crazy. It was an email mix up. I was meant to go to a team in Indiana. I don't know if it was Indy 11. I don't know. Right. But um, my coach sent the like because he was reaching out for me trying to find me a team and he uh, sent it to the wrong he accidentally sent it to Jim the head coach of Tormenta and then Jim was like oh, yeah I'm interested and it, me and my coach were laughing about him and he was like I didn't actually mean to do that like he was like Jim I didn't mean Jim <laughs> um, but thank God so blessed that he messed that up <laughs> well isn't that funny now you mean you just said Tormenta was such a big career changing moment for you isn't that so funny how it kind of these little moments right of luck or, or serendipity I mean everyone has a path don't they I believe that was meant to be I mean the path I'm in now it's just meant to be for me I wasn't meant to get drafted like it wasn't meant to happen I was meant to be here going back to where it began if you were you if you were the age you were now if you were 10 now do you think your path would be different just because of the maybe the changes that have been to women's football in England in in the West Midlands now Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, we've just seen Poppy Pritchard sign yeah. for Man City. Yeah. I mean, I never 
it wasn't like that when I was her age. It really wasn't. We didn't have that many scouts. Like no one was really. It's becoming a trend now to sign young players. It wasn't a trend then. They wouldn't want to risk it. So I kind of missed it. So I'm fighting. I'm having to fight even harder now at my age to get to where I want to be, which is fine. But it is unfortunate. But then I I can't complain because you got the likes of Kelly Smith, absolute baller, but missed out on all of that because it was different different then. So saying about when you ended up at Illinois, it was sort of like you were playing with your friends, right? You were you were enjoying mm-hmm. the game, and I'm sure there's probably a little bit of that that was really important to you getting found because you played with a certain way and you played with enjoyment. So I guess my question is sort of like, you know, your journey is your journey, right? And I guess, think, would you ever think, I wish things could have been different or do you kind of just enjoy the journey you've been on? I mean, I don't want to regret anything because it has been spectacular. Like, I cannot complain. Like, I've been to America. People do not get those opportunities. So I am very, very blessed and grateful. But obviously, when you see 18-year-olds signing Nike deals and Puma deals, it's a bit like, it is, you do get jealous. I've said to Poppy, I am so happy for you, but God, I am jealous. <laughs> and I'm having to work even harder now to get to that point because I'm, I mean, I'm only 24 years old, but they're not looking there. They're looking younger. So I don't regret it. I just wish the journey I'm on now was a bit easier because it looks easy from the outside, but it's been incredibly difficult to get to where I am. No, I bet. I mean, you've worked so hard and taken a un likely path which you know there are there are similar players you know i think about people like there's actually a lot of people people i feel like do go to smaller american mm-hmm. schools and then they kind of work their way back in caitlin hayes at celtic i think is a really mm-hmm. interesting case played at a very small school in mississippi you know n- now is in an irish national team doing very well at celtic i think that's kind of like an interesting player with a similar trajectory so I do think we are seeing more of this of people backing themselves, people being on different journeys. And I think that actually creates a better football ecosystem and better players, right? Because I think the lessons you've learned on the pitch and off the pitch are invaluable. And that's what we want to see from players, right? It's people who've been challenged, people who've learned mm-hmm. lessons, people who've grown, people who've, who bring different attributes, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's helped me as a person. I've definitely, I've like, it's made me stronger mentally. And I think that will go into my games as yes. well. Absolutely. That's a really good point. Well, before we move on from the West Mids, who did you grow up supporting? Obviously, Birmingham City. And I know it's kind of hard to support them because they've been going through a tough time. But you can't just skip. You can't just leave them. It's been Birmingham all Never. my life. I haven't been a diehard fan. Okay. Okay. I was curious. No. Like, I love watching Man City in the Premier League. Like, I watch the Premier League. It's more interesting, more fun, in my opinion. I can't watch Birmingham City. I went to watch them play against Middlesbrough, and I had a headache. Can't do it. <laughs> I hope you're not listening, please. <laughs> um, so it wasn't it wasn't sort of love at first sight? It was just they were your local club? Yeah, so when I was very young, my I said to my mum, what team shall I support? I was, like, very That's little. So cute. <laughs> and, I, and she doesn't even know like football she's like I don't know she was that she said Birmingham right and I've never understood why until recently it's because my dad sports Villa she's just trying to get at him so since then I've been <laughs> a Birmingham fan and my dad's my dad's always been a Villa fan but I didn't clock on why my mum told me to support Birmingham and now I think I've realized wow and he never flipped you back I don't remember but I'm sure he I mean he does take the mick out of me sometimes um he's not diehard but he's always been a villa fan yeah strange wow. fascinating family um 
Who are my first words with Aston Villa? Well, Aston Villa. Yeah, my dad always tells me I I really liked saying Aston Villa as a as like a one year old. And you don't Aston support Aston Villa? No, it was just as good. It just sounded good coming out of my mouth. God, that's such a shame. Those were your first words. <laughs> I don't know if they were my first, like very first words, but when I was a child, like when I was a toddler, I would say Aston Villa. Interesting. Anyway, that's okay. a bit about me. Um, <laughs> the reason I want to talk about West Mid, so you know, right. as people probably know, you end up signing for Durham. Mm-hmm. And you're back in England, you're back home, and you go and play. Uh, you played away at Birmingham, obviously, in the Barclays Women's Championship, and you had the away game in the Conti Cup where you scored. Mm-hmm. Um, probably, was that at Villa Park? Or no, it was at Sully. Was that at Sully? Was that Warsaw? It was, it was at Warsaw against Warsaw. Villa. And yeah, okay. yeah we, we did lose 5-1. But I you scored, got so I got the one. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to play against teams like that. We knew that going into it, but... yeah. To score and to get Rachel Daly's shirt. Bank. I'm ready. <laughs> Move me up. <laughs> but I want to, yeah. So what was it like being back in the West Mids playing football as a professional? Kind of take me into that moment. It was absolutely incredible. I had so many people there and I haven't had that before. I haven't, I've never right. had that. In- You're used to just being on your own. Yeah, on my own, like after playing in America, after every game, I would just go and join a friend's family like I, I had no one to see after a game but my teammates families that were very supportive and whatever but to have my over 20 people like grandparents things like that your aunties your uncles it's just it it meant so much and my mum teared up when I scored against Villa because I think it's hard for her to because she's a big Birmingham City fan <laughs> sorry no. I had to get that in I had to get that in sorry <laughs> No, that was a good one. Um, no, she teared up because I think it hit her. Like, my daughter's a professional footballer and she's just scored against Villa. Like, I think for my family, it's still hard for them to truly understand that I'm a professional footballer because it's just kind of... I've been in America and they heard all about it. They couldn't really watch the games, but they heard all about it, like, all the hype or whatever. I've come back here and I went from Leafield to now playing the Championship League. I don't think they've... I don't think they understand it yet. So my mum teared up and she was just absolutely buzzing for me. They were all buzzing. They were like just so happy. And it was amazing to have a picture of them and see them all. And it, it is hard though at the end because you don't have much time to talk to them. So I'm trying to get round and hug everyone, talk to them. But no, I can't even describe how amazing both those games were to just have them there at the end. It's, they've, I've got great support. And what about the Birmingham one as well? Did it mean anything to be playing the Blues after all these years? Yeah, I've kind of, I mean, I've got, because of my history at the academy, I just think about Mark Skinner and because he was there when I was there. And I just think about how it wasn't the best time for me. So I kind of get anger when I play against them, but it's nothing against them because it's a completely different team. But it's just Birmingham in general for the women. Like, I didn't have the best experience. So it was great to play against them. I got us a penalty. There wasn't really much I could I could have done. I didn't really get any other opportunities. But my family was just happy. That was the first time they all saw me, like that many people. And it was at St. Andrews where I grew up watching Birmingham games. So it was it was a dream come true. And it, these little things, well, not little things, but these things keep happening. And it is so, I try and stand there and just absorb it. But it's so hard because it's just like a year ago, I did not expect to be playing at St. Andrews, playing against Rachel Daly, playing against Man City, all these things. You just don't expect like you dream of it but to be to be happening a year later it's just insane it is hard to 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 truly kind of take it in and be in the moment 
um what mm-hmm. what 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 are your tricks to living in the moment or what would you say to someone who is also trying to remember these these great moments as they occur I just try and like take a second for myself in that moment and just take like Man City Villa things like that I just I have a second to myself where I just look around and I'm like oh my god take it in you've worked so hard for this like just to be around these players just to be playing in this arena or stadium just to be playing against them like take it in like just take a few seconds for yourself to really absorb it and then even after the game watch videos a thousand times of your goal which is what I did look at pictures (laughs) Like just really take it in just for that day. You've uh, you've mentioned it a couple of times. So let's get to it. About a year ago, you went undrafted. You had that post recently ahead of the FA Cup tie in Man City where you said, hey, you know, any draftees out there, believe me, mm-hmm. believe in yourself, work hard. Um, your journey is your journey. You know, you can end up wherever. Don't, this isn't, you know, the end of it. And I think that's, you know, so true, especially in the NWSL for people that don't get drafted or choose not to go to go into the draft in the first place. Um, yeah. Kind of tell me, t- tell me about what last year was like when you didn't go drafted, kind of maybe how that felt and tell me about that statement that you obviously put out and kind of, again, you've already mentioned it a couple of times, but how much you kind of live by that mentality of kind of knowing that you can make your own path no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not getting drafted was quite hard, even though I kind of expected it. I mean, I had a lot of things going against me. One being British, unfortunately. That's normally not a negative, but it was in this case. For those that don't know, it, it means you take up an international roster yeah. spot in the NWSL. So, yeah, it, there is less reasons to take an international player. Yeah, because it, yeah, it takes up a spot. So I, I thought, mm. and another thing is I go to a small college and it is a bit like... I mean, it's just like how it is. Like when you get scouted, they're scouting you because you've played at Man City Academy. You've done all these things. They look at your background more than anything. And I, it just shows that I think they need to do more research. Like actually look at highlight videos, actually look at stats and what they've done. Like my, playing in the Summit League was extremely hard with the team I was on. Western was difficult. It was always hard every single season for us to be top three or anything like that. It was, we came fifth or fourth once and it was like the happiest time for us ever it was just one of them so I kind of knew that wasn't going to help me either but I believed that I should have been I believed that I would I would have loved it there and I I did believe that I should have been drafted but I don't coming back from it it wasn't meant to be for me it wasn't because I hit grind mode after that I was doing stuff two to three times a day like gym football gym again like I was running I was I didn't stop every single day I refused to have a day off like I went beast mode because I was so angry and I was also like well then if it doesn't work out I can't say I didn't try so I wanted to make sure I'm getting fitter I'm getting stronger I didn't want to give people a reason not to pick me up and then from there like I was reaching out to people I made a LinkedIn account connected with as many people as I could because I realised I just need to get my name out there more. I really thought Tormenta and the USLW League would have helped because I won a lot of awards and we won the whole thing. That season was way harder than what it was the second time they did it. The players that they had and I was playing against, it was very hard. Um, So when all that happened and I didn't get drafted, I was a bit upset, but I'm grateful because I turned into a a workhorse. I didn't stop. I didn't stop. And I would make videos and I'd post them online for people to see I did everything and it might have been annoying to some people and cringy, <laughs> but I don't care because it's what you have to do these days. Like 
I needed yeah. to use social media to get my name out there. And then I reached out to agents and whatever. My agent actually said no to me at first. And then he saw my LinkedIn and then he reached out. <laughs> but I, yeah, I mean, mate, congratulations. I just, I think it's such a credit to your mentality, right? That never say die, never, don't, don't know is not no. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can kind of keep banging that door. Um, it feels like you learned so much from that experience. Is, are there any other things in your life? Is that like a classic Amy Andrews trait or was that kind of, not taking no for an answer, cranking up the work, you know, getting, going beast mode, as you said. Was, was that something that you'd kind of experienced earlier on in your life or was that a kind of a, a wake-up call? I have always been like that. Like, I'm very I'm, I'm very realistic. If if I know I'm good enough, I know I should be there. If I think I'm not ready yet, I'll say. Like, right now, I'm not ready for the, I mean, the WSL is different, so I can't comment because it could actually be easier for me with the space they have and the way they play, whereas championships more transitional, like booting the ball, like hitting people. It's a different kind of game. So I don't know what league I'd be better off in. But it's, I believe I still have work to do. Mm. I do. Like, I'd be a complete centre forward. I want to be really strong. I want to hold it up. I, I want to hold off two defenders if I have to. There's little parts of my game that I do need to tweak so it gets to the point where they cannot refuse to have me. Do you know what I mean? I've always had that mindset that's quite yeah. psychotic, but in a good way. Top players do, top players do. Hey, you know, that's why you're a footballer and I'm not. Um, talk to me about how, how how you ended up signing with Durham then. What, were there any other teams that you maybe could have gone with or when Durham reached out, it just felt like a, a, a good fit? Yeah, so... My agent that I have is outstanding. He's an amazing guy, very honest, brilliant, got contacts. And he's not, so he wouldn't sign someone if he didn't believe in them. He wouldn't even waste his time. Like he's very smart. And we had multiple conversations. I had a lot, I had teams reach out, but it was just being smart about it. Like I had teams in the Scottish League and it's good money and it's whatever, but you have to be smart. Like, I wanted to play in the championship. I wanted to be in England. I've been far away from my family for five years. I think my first pro season needed to be in England. So we had my highlight video, which was great, but they do need more than that. So I had other teams reach out and we decided to go for Durham because they were more straightforward, come and, come and trial with us. And I like that they, I mean, it was a lot because I felt like, God, I've done enough already. I have to go to trial. But it's smart they do that because they can't just rely on highlight videos. So um they said to steve my agent we'll have her on trial so i went on trial and i did really well and yeah they offered me a contract and i, I just liked the environment like they were very welcoming girls um and i've looked i did my research on them they are fighters they don't stop till the end and they've had i mean they've been in good positions in the league before they've nearly been promoted and yeah just because they don't have a men's side that doesn't affect me i just care about if they're full-time if they work hard and if they're all passionate and they care that's all i want to be around so yeah, I joined them and yeah, it's a great, it's my first professional season. I can't complain. I've got five goals in all competitions. Like I'm loving the girls. I'm loving the environment and I'm just ready to see what's next really. And for anyone who hasn't really checked it out, it's an amazing league, the Barclays Women's Championship, and it is absolutely wide open this year, um, especially, you know, actually at top and bottom, but the the title race is just mad. It feels like you have no idea what's going to happen. I know the Blues have a game in hand as well. Um, kind of complicating things at the top with Charlton, Sunderland, Palace banging in a lot of goals. 
who made a couple of big deadline day moves as well. Um, so do check it out, FA Player. You can you can sometimes find Durham. Are there any other ways to watch Durham? Um, no, it's it's just the FA Player. Just the FA Unless player. they play against, well, it depends what teams want to stream on YouTube. Some teams but... will have okay. Some teams will have their own streams. Let's talk a little bit about the season. Three goals in the league, two goals in the cup. Mm-hmm. Favorite goal? It's got to be the Villa one. Oh, I was thought you were going to say the one against Saints. I mean, that was amazing. That oh, one's good. That was a really good goal. The, it's not even just the goal, it's the build-up. It's the build-up. The build-up's great, and it's obviously last minute. Last minute. I love a last minute, apparently. Let's, let's talk about that. Yeah, so you do... People say you love last minute, but I've been kind of watching some of your interviews, and you always use this line, which is, I blacked out, which I think is kind of funny. Um, <laughs> you're always like, oh, yeah, blacked out. Don't really know what happened there. Um so tell me about, you know, do you actually black out and why do you love a last minute goal or is it just coincidence that you keep scoring important goals? It's your strikers instincts. That's when they come okay. in. It, that's what it, it is. Over. And I, you know what? I do love blacking out, not in an alcoholic way. That's no, no, no. not that in way. An in an athletic way. Athletic way. Absolutely love it because that is when your true striker instincts come out. And that is what happened in my last minute goals. Like the build ups for the, both of them have been fantastic. And they've, the been finish. Quick. they've been quick too. Quick. I love that's, just that break. That's the kind of player I am. I don't want no fashion about like knock no. it about and play. One if you touch, play it two touch. Quicker, yeah, just you got. I'm fast, so I'm going to beat them to play it through quicker. Because if you take too long, they're going to set up and the space isn't going to be there anymore. So my what I like about the Southampton one is they play it quick. Like Molly plays yeah. it through first time. That's I guess I feel like as a team, that's what we do need to be doing more. But we did it in the right we did it at the right time so in those games that's all i care about really that was the only chance we had i think it's the one against london city where you pick it up at the halfway line dribble with it and me yes that's amazing i mean it's a great uh give and go with with one two with jess but um yeah the blitz the way you come out of the halfway line is just mad it looks like you're on like they've sped up the footage or something <laughs> yeah no i am very blessed to be to have the speed <laughs> <laughs> well yeah like i said keep an eye keep an eye on amy andrew's speed banging <laughs> goals celebrations can we talk a bit about that you you like to put the finger to your lips and you cup a bit of the ear as well uh talk me to your celebrations well if you knew me in america it was the t one and i just feel like i can't really do that here because i'm surrounded by tons of tea lovers and it just felt more it felt more cool in America, I guess, because I was. It's very rare to have British players on your team. Like you'll have one or two, but you don't have a lot of them. So, but here, it was the shush because London City. We just that was the game after a terrible performance and result. So it was like we were shushing everyone that was laughing at us, judging us, just everything. Everything was against us, so that was important and I think pretty badass. And last minute as well, um, and Southampton, I did the shush and then I did the Bellingham one. Oh, yeah. I just, I just thought absolute legendary. We scored last minute. We won the game. Like everyone can shut up now. We just beat Southampton, which is a team going for both teams. The teams that were originally going for promotion, like you'd put them both up there, competing like right at the top. So to do that against both of them, unreal. But I've always said this: football is very important, and what's also important is the celebration. And I know it sounds cringe. Not, but that will help get your name out there and it helps it become more entertaining. We need to do, as women, more celebrations. And I will. The higher I go, I'll keep doing it no matter what because I think it's funny and it makes people like you and want to watch you more because they're like, Amy, score, I want to see it. Or whoever, like, 
Chloe Kelly and Bunny Shaw are doing it a lot now. And they want to yes, they want to see yes. they're loving it. That's how it should be. We should make it more entertaining. Lola Bonta, I think, in the United States. I I I assume you're familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like she's kind of, I think made a big name for herself because of just how much fun she has on the pitch and like you said it's it's entertainment but it is also you know people want to know the personalities they want to kind of link link onto a player and and if you see a player celebrating the right way it it does that and I think sometimes we just kind of see in women's football like all the players just sort of converge the hands up in the air like yay (laughs) yeah yeah, that's kind of like the classic (laughs) celebrations everyone just kind of like jumping on each other which is great but um I have found it quite refreshing that your goals, you seem to be right onto the touchline with, you know, fingers wagging. And I'm always like, wow, okay, Amy's got something to prove. We're not robots. I don't want people to think we're robots that just play football. I think it's very important to show your personality as well. It makes it more fun. You'll get people that want to do it as well. So I think it's very important, in my opinion. All right, big celebrations. Um, You mentioned the tea, the Alex Morgan tea thing. Uh, Mm Where were you in 2019 watching that game? And what did you think when she did that? I was at home here in England and I had the biggest rage ball when I saw her do that. I literally was fuming, but I had so much, I have so much respect for her for doing that because look how big that became. And you know what? I love a bit of cheek. That was so cheeky. I love it. It's cheeky and I don't blame her. And yet it did infuriate me. It really did. I wanted to jump through the screen. But I, I looking back, I think it's absolutely amazing that she did that. And very she's very brave to do that. And I think that even gave her a bigger name than what she already had. It's just a little celebration. We need a bit of needle. I think it's the same thing as well. Like, why not try and wind us up? Like I do think like another thing is like villains, right? We need a few more villains. It's kind of a shame Megan Rapino has has retired because as much as she was loved. You go to games, NWSL games in the United States, and like she would get booed by um, yeah. away home fans, I guess, when she was on away. And I always found that really refreshing. I was like, it's so good to hear some boos because you kind of need, you know, if you think of it like a drama, you need the good guys and the bad guys, and you need a bit of needle. You want some rivalry? It makes it interesting yeah. for the fans, and it also makes it more fun for the players like you need that bit of anger to come out in the players you want some you want to see some tough and rough football like you want to see the girls going at it like you want that it makes it more entertaining it's going to put the numbers up so honestly I was I think it's amazing she did that Amy thank you so much for hanging out is there anything you want to share before I let you go I guess quickly kind of rest of the Durham season we got what 10 games left yeah um, about eight or ten something like that. eight or ten um What's what's the expectation? What's the what's the target? I think as a team we need to link up more, um, play a bit quicker in the in the final thirds. But for me, I just want, I want to score more goals, and I also want the chances to score more goals. I think it's important we do that as a team, and for me as an individual, and all the other forwards and wingers as well. Like it can't just be me. But um, no, I just want to finish the season strong in a good place in the table individually and as a team. Those are the goals. Fantastic. Well, look, thank you so much for hanging out. I will be watching. We will all be looking out for you. And um, yeah, have a great rest of your day. Great rest of your season. Thank you. Thanks for having me.